0: I'm going, Daddy. Yes,
1: I'm going. Cool.
0: Matt's got the stamina of a fucking eighty or five-year-old man. What? You know. You know exactly what I mean. No,
2: I really
1: genuinely do not.
2: (laughs) Can we keep this in? Uh, Well. Damn it.
0: No. (laughs) Maybe. Well, um, on that note, if you if you enjoyed that cold open, hello and welcome to Culturally Illiterate, a podcast before friends overthink comic book movies. I'm one of your hosts, Jake, and I come to this place for magic. I come to AMC theaters to laugh, to cry, to care, because Jesus we need Christ. that, all of us. That indescribable feeling we get when the lights begin to dim and we go somewhere we've never been before. Not just entertained, but somehow reborn, together, dazzling images on a huge silver screen sound that i can feel somehow heartbreak feels good in a place like this our heroes feel like the best part of us and stories feel perfect and powerful because here they are amc theaters we make movies better and with me on my friends wait 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 were we co-hosts. were
2: we paid for that
0: <laughs> no i just wanted to do it i just God thought you guys it. would like
1: jake's cringe as fuck
0: Even, I was, I don't know, I felt like you guys would get some kind of reaction out of it. You're the
1: worst. You didn't say amen Amen. at the end of it. Anyway. But i was kind of hoping on. y'all would jump in no christ jake
0: <laughs> we all sing it together
2: we
1: no, all sing yeah, it, say it cool. together holding
0: hands when we see movies together no,
1: it's cool when it's at the theater because it's happening and it's like <laughs> oh we've I dedicated i was trying to be
0: spun it was spontaneous. it's it. cool when no, it's at the shut theater <laughs> up.
1: no it's because it's a bit when it's at the theater when it's here it's too far it's just you're crossing business and and casual Pleasure. anyway
3: my name's jason <laughs>
1: and i fucking love cheese danishes
3: hi i'm matt i like roasting jake and i was very surprised that john travolta was was in this movie and even though he didn't even say anything yet i burst out laughing just from the sight of him because he's a crazy human being and a walking meme.
1: okay can we can we get one thing established real quick it's a firm jason stance that just fuck John Travolta. I I agree. I just oh, I do a... not like John Travolta at all. I don't fuck think anybody does that too. Okay, so we're all in agreement fuck John Travolta? Yes. I don't think that's an yes.
3: unpopular opinion.
1: <laughs> well, I don't know what how the public stands as to what John what their opinion on John Travolta is. All I know is that anytime I see his stupid face, I get upset.
3: Well, the thing is is that every time he goes trending or people uh, refer to him, there's always like a picture of him like caressing some woman very creepily. And people are saying, "Oh, this guy." So, I'm pretty sure he's not seen in the most positive lights especially when he's also into scientology so
0: i mean he's had a v- very successful film career between like greece and pulp fiction and and Face then, Off. He, went to shit, and then he
3: went to shit and then That's he went to shit and then he did pulp no. fiction everyone thought oh he's back nope nope that was just an anomaly. He just I'm went back even to doing saying shit,
1: saying anything about his acting. Like I just don't fucking like the guy. Like I, when I see him, I get upset.
0: <laughs> you know, there's still one of us that hasn't introduced themselves,
1: and it's John Travolta. Who? It's you, it's you. It's Sean, It's, it's me. You. Hi, hi, you. I, I, you fucking Who? Idiot. Who is it? It's, it's John Travolta. It's, it's, Hello, it's hi, I'm John guest Travolta. John Travolta.
0: <laughs> Welcome to the pod, John. <laughs> you know, fun fact: my mom sat next <laughs> I, to John
2: Travolta at the Super Bowl. Did. Did she learn anything about Scientology that day? No, but it was
0: actually, it was Super Bowl, Was it, it was Chase, was it 35?
1: It was the one with the I know, but what's the number? where they missed, the, I don't know, where they missed, the the guy missed the kick at the end.
0: 20, it was Super Bowl, Super Bowl 25, which came down to this, like, iconic missed kick um, that cost the Bills the Super Bowl, and my mom, who hates football, described it as... All I remember was I was next to John Travolta, and there was some big
1: kick. She did say
2: that. Well, anyways, I'm Sean, and my fun fact of this week is that the first time I did a wacky debacky, uh was in another country on top of a volcano, uh, and I'm not going to say anything else <laughs> Sean
1: Travolta.
2: Sean call... Travolta.
3: Oh, wait, that's it. Wait, wait, wait. Sean, Sean, Sean. Someone What's make a wacky that. wacky tobacco again? I forget.
2: Jesus Christ, Matt. The I'm not going to tell lettuce. you what that is, Matt. It's the devil's lettuce, Matt.
3: Oh, the stuff that makes you high. Okay. The,
0: so, there's only one thing that can do <laughs> that, as we all know. There's only one wait. drug in all of
3: existence. <laughs> wait, wait, Matt, did you actually not know what I meant when I said wacky tobacco? No, it like <laughs> blipped out of my memory. I'm like, oh wait, I heard of that before. What is it again? Jazz and I cigarettes that remind me. The jazz
1: cigarettes. <laughs> jazz um. cigarettes is so funny.
0: <laughs> oh, everything about Matt is funny. One of a kind. Uh, I know he feels ways when I say that about him. Anyway, you want to, um, you want to talk about movies that uh are per- feel perfect and powerful. Um, it'll fucking fuck you up emotionally. You also watch Return to Soul and After Sun. That's all I'll say
1: on the matter. I th- I thought that was the transition into the movie we're talking about this week and I was like, I don't know if I'd say that about this one. <laughs> no, no, I, mean, I had a couple
3: of rad movies watch I movie. watched this just week watch that like the five, really fuck Just watch the eight. first five minutes of Up and i will fuck you up.
0: Or watch Return Your Soul and After Sun, because I have impeccable movie taste.
2: I also Says have you a rec- Oh dear God! I have a rec that is also a movie. I would recommend. Uh, I saw Suzume. That was a very good movie. I liked it a lot. It was very cute. I I heavily recommend it. I also have a rec.
1: It's not a movie, so I have to. I, I guess I have to break the the streak. But it's an album. It's a collab album that just came out at the time of recording this. Uh, from jpeg mafia and danny brown called scaring the hoes it is fantastic i mean the production on every single song is just so good uh which as i was expecting because those are both artists that put a lot of care into their production so uh yeah if you're into like i guess experimental rap I guess it would be considered. There's some crazy, weird-ass beats and some great rapping over them uh, from two of the best guys in that in that genre. What? If you're into being sad, watch the movies
0: I recommended and then cheer yourself up with this album. I'm bringing yeah, it's, it together.
1: It's definitely a fun listen. So if, if you like having fun and you don't suck, uh, listen to Scaring the Hoes by Danny Brown and JPEG Mafia. There's also a really good Red Veil. Feature on it, which is no surprise if you know Red Vale, because he's insanely talented.
0: And you know who's a hero that doesn't feel like the best part of us? Frank Castle, the Punisher. So yeah, boo. <laughs> Shut up, Sean. I, I don't. I don't have a lot. Of, I don't have a lot in me tonight. cover the Punisher. I at least watched the extended cut. Specifically, all your boos Boo. are getting cut, but me acknowledging them isn't. So that'll be interesting. Boo. <laughs> <This> <laughs> is okay, that one's getting left Boo. <laughs> uh,
1: The
3: movie
0: released April sixteenth, two thousand and four. Co-written by Jonathan Hensley and Michael France, and directed by the former. Movie was shot by Conrad W. Hall. And stars Thomas Jane as Frank Castle slash The Punisher, everyone's favorite John Travolta as Howard Saint. Laura Herring as Livia Saint. Will Patton as Quentin Glass. Ben Foster as Spacker Dave. Russell Andrews as Jimmy Weeks. John Panette as Bumpo. Eddie Jameson. Bumpo sounds like he's in the Insane Clown Posse. Eddie Jameson as Mickey Duca. And who I didn't realize was Rebecca Romaine as Joan, who was previously in the X-Men movies as Mystique. Had any of y'all
1: seen this one before? Oh. No.
3: No. The only experience I have with this movie is watching the russian scene on youtube once i'm like what the fuck is this i never heard of a punisher movie i'm like oh there is and i never watched it
1: yeah the russian scene is actually i have a very vague memory of like a watch mojo list that involved that's such an embarrassing admission but (laughs) (laughs) a watch mojo list that involved this movie in some capacity, and I was like, oh, I've never heard of that. Aside from that, I had never thought of it. I've never really... I've never seen any... I haven't seen the show The Punisher, either. I don't know much about the character. It's very foreign to me. So this was... This was all brand new. Uh, So, I know... I've seen parts of this movie, or at least I remember parts of it from
2: when I was a kid, but I don't remember ever seeing the full movie in, in, like, full full, and I only remember uh, a lot of my idea of the punisher has been fairly tainted by the other movies within that that all all the other punisher movies that exist some of them being uh a tad bit horrendous from what i can remember anyways so like they all kind of have blended together to me into this horrendous mess uh (laughs) i i will preface that I don't think I exactly see them as a horrendous mess as much anymore because of this one, but they all have kind of blended together to me. So every time I think of Punisher, I think of horrendous movies.
0: It's like Dolph and Ray Stevenson, and Thomas Jane, like in a blender. Yeah. is how you view I Frank. I
1: do not like Dolph Lundgren.
0: Well, we didn't have to cover his because it wasn't widely theatrically
1: released, at least not in
0: the U.S. Thank we avoided one. Didn't know you had such strong feelings about him
1: i just don't like his name and i wouldn't have wanted to have a podcast where we had to talk about him all right well then let's move on from him
0: the movie starts off with an fbi bust um of a smuggling operation in tampa why this movie set in tampa i have no clothes seems like a weird decision
2: i i actually know i know why i know the answer to this
0: uh so <laughs> they had
2: a really big budget to begin with when they first started this movie um I don't know why this is the one thing I remember from when I was looking up the production of this movie, but I, it was this in the Russian scene. Um, but they couldn't film in New York because it was too expensive, <laughs> which is where they wanted to do most of the shooting. And they had the money for it prior. But then midway through Lionsgate took the money and said, no, you get half of that, essentially. Um, and so they couldn't record they couldn't. They were trying to find cheaper place to record, and Florida just happened to be the place that they could
0: do it. That checks out. That's the only reason you'd ever film
1: in Tampa, I think. That is mad, like random. It really is. Like, they're like,
0: why don't we put set it in Tampa? I don't know. I mean, infinite. I guess it at least like distinguishes it from like everything else that's been set in New York or like a New York stand-in, like Gotham or Metropolis, but. Anyway, the movie starts with an FBI bust of a smuggling operation in Tampa, resulting in the death of Bobby Saint, who's the son of John Travolta's mafia boss character Howard Saint, and Otto Krieg, an arms dealer. However, it turns out that Otto Krieg is a faked death for an undercover FBI agent, Frank Castle. Uh, He's also a veteran, which is kind of alluded to in this, but they, they make the decision to not really focus on the fact that he was overseas as much and... Mostly just show him as an FBI agent who has now retired after this final mission. With And there's, like, a very comical party that he, like, comes out of a body bag from the faked death and walks into a retirement surprise party. But anyway, so enraged at this death of his son, Howard St. orders his men to learn everything they can about Krieg, who's obviously not a real person, so he using using resources by uh, to bribe corrupt federal law enforcement officers and uh, he finds out that Krieg was actually ca- actually Castle so he orders Castle to be killed at a family reunion down in Puerto Rico but his wife Livia insists that all of the Castle family be killed as well so at the reunion Saints men including his best friend Quentin Glass and Bobby's identical twin John kill Castle's entire family and when I say entire like the traditional comic book origin for the Punisher is like a crime shootout kills Punisher's like wife and two kids, and in this they decide to wipe out the entire Castle bloodline. His parents, his cousins, his like seventh cousin fourteen times removed, or what? Like everyone's just they wipe out everybody down in Puerto Rico because they're having a. Again, some of this the settings are that's a weird decision, but it's almost comical how many people get murdered honestly that that was the part that i kind of liked the most about
2: was <laughs> really this was that Damn, like they went so fuck. over the top killing his entire family as opposed to just like you know his immediate family
0: <laughs> yeah it was it wasn't enough that just his immediate family get killed every single person he's ever been related to has to get killed and of course right beforehand his son gives him a t-shirt with the punisher skull on it and it's some like There's, like, a witch doctor in Puerto Rico for some reason that that appears in the background of one scene. And then you find out they get—his son buys this shirt for him with the skull on it that's some kind of local symbol. I don't know if these people are aware of, like, what Puerto Rico is. Not that I'm, like, Super well versed in Puerto Rican culture, but this feels pulled out of their ass. So anyway, Frank tries to fight back on the attackers before he's shot himself and left for dead. However, Castle survived and then nursed back to health by— the local aforementioned witch doctor. First thing off the bat for me, I just want to make a quick note the Thomas Jane looks much better as a blonde when he's undercover as Otto Krieg. Um, But other than that, I mean, I kind of already said my thoughts on the Punisher origin, but I honestly find it kind of comical the way they like make the shirt that he ends up using as his symbol a gift from his son and then has the entirety have the entirety of his family murdered and then for a movie that is hard like pretty hard are the way they kind of dumb down the blood there's very little blood as all these people get gunned down
3: yeah that was the thing i noticed in this movie was The violence was definitely held back, even though it was already given a rated R rating. So, I'm not sure why. Maybe maybe it was because of the budget, because... Uh, with so little money there's only so many scenes you could do like blood spurts or like fake blood scenes stuff like that but i'm not a producer i'm not a director so i wouldn't know i wouldn't be surprised if that were it costs. just
2: because like from everything i read was that they really they were working with a bigger budget and then right when they started production it was like oh hey here you only have half your money and we're not giving you more so i wouldn't be surprised if a lot of stuff just kind of got lost in the Production hell of trying to figure out how to work with half of what your budget was
3: originally was. I assume that he was originally supposed to have like some kind of lair of some kind in like some secluded place or like some you know family resort or something like that. But maybe due to budget restraints, they had to go to this crummy building, and his room is just (laughs) riddled with weapons. The whole entire complex is riddled with weapons because in the scene later on, later on that we'll see and we'll talk about later is. The whole building is the an arsenal, and he has it's like it's like a secret technique to access every single weapon. It's really funny, but we're not there yet. So
0: I don't necessarily feel like the the violence is like turned down in that like I feel like there's a lot of brutal murders in this movie. It's just that there definitely feels like there's less blood and guts than there would be if people were getting killed this way. But uh, do y'all do y'all have any thoughts on the uh the little the tweaks to the Punisher origin, whether it be this FBI agent retirement into family reunion thing or the the, the t-shirt coming from the witch doctor and the son? It's just a little goofy to me <laughs> over the top. Yeah
1: I I agree. I, I mean I wasn't I was very like tangentially aware of Punisher's origin story going into this i was aware that he was like supposed to be a veteran that uh like lost his family and something but i i didn't know much at all so uh i didn't i didn't know that that it was such a stark change that they made though i i do i do you know commend them for choosing to do such a a a different thing that uh to just wipe out his entire family and just make him a completely miserable sack of shit um but that being said i agree that Uh, It's less gory, which it it does seem like a product of a lack of, of budget, just because, like Jake said, it's not like they shy away from violence. They do a lot of violent and twisted things in the movie, but the gore isn't necessarily shown, and it just makes me feel like they just couldn't physically make it look good if they tried to that being said i i also agree it's goofy the witch doctor thing is just kind of like it
3: just seems weirdly thrown together and like too like fairy tale-ish also it was kind of weird that the witch doctor told frank castle as he was walking away for god to be with him don't you think that was weird? Yeah, kinda.
0: But then when Frank says God's gonna sit this one out, that's hard.
3: Yeah, that. That no, that was a cool ass. Oh it was yeah. Just weird that the witch doctor was the one to tell him to, to let God be with him. The witch f- doctor. I think
0: it honestly. I, I I get the feeling it's almost more of a like Frank's white ass family just like saw a black dude in Puerto Rico and was like ah a witch doctor.
1: Yeah, it it almost just like just nothing feels about he was just like a racist. guy. Yeah, he he that just kind of that's probably <laughs> the case. <laughs> they were like just saying shit about him from
3: afar i yeah the thing is is weird because like when i was reading the wikipedia article before watching the movie i'm like oh a fisherman and then in the movie they said witch doctor i'm like it's a fucking witch doctor <laughs> he said a witch doctor he looks more like a fisherman uh what do you what do you know what was he what, what's wikipedia know? they don't fucking know shit what does Wikipedia? We- ask- <laughs> Stop asking me for a donation.
0: <laughs> I... That's cheap as <laughs> hell. Um I am.
3: But yeah, I, I
2: honestly, as much as I find it to be like such a goofy beginning to the movie, I honestly like it. <laughs> Not in a way that's good, but in a way that's like, wow, this is so cheesy and I just it it hits the right midpoint of being, like, just enjoyable enough, but just cheesy enough that it's, like, it hits this, like, nice little sweet spot for me. Where- I
3: realized I didn't give my opinion because I was just too busy shitting on things. So I'll just say right now, I'll just, I mostly reciprocate what Sean said. It's not horrible. It seems like they did the best what they were giving with, and I didn't hate it. It wasn't, it was enjoyable. It wasn't as gore as it could have been. Like, it could, it's not, it's no Red Wedding, but, eh gets the job done and it's still entertaining with the cheesiness yeah
1: i i don't dislike it i just think there's certain parts that are a little over the top that i could do without overall i think it it was a fine start to the film progressing
0: a little bit further with the police and fbi unwilling to pursue the killers due to saints uh power influence money castle decides to move into an abandoned apartment occupied by three outcasts joan bumpo and spacker dave And begins his mission to bring down the saints with the help of information provided by mickey duca who's one of saints like more kind of weaselly henchmen uh who was also present at the earlier bust (laughs) bust castle learns that the saints Um, he learns the Saints family's every move and also discovers that Howard's best friend, Quentin Glass, is a closeted homosexual. He openly targets Saints business and sabotages his partnership with, uh, the Cubans. So, I already know how you guys feel about John Travolta, but how, in general? But how do you feel about John Travolta in this movie? I
3: don't like it. He's way more serious than I wanted him to be. I wanted him to be like how he acted in that alien movie i forget what it's called but it's one with the all the dutch angles if you know what i'm talking about
2: you mean i i, I forget what it was why called,
0: is this but I know the second wa- ba- uh-huh. isn't it like battleship earth or yes, that yes and that yes was that's what it was oh, yes, earth. yes
1: yes it and is it was based battleship on a book a written earth. by l ron hubbard creator of Scientology.
0: S- <laughs> i don't like that this is the second time it's come up on this podcast now
3: i enjoy <laughs> it i wanted him to be just I over the top it, but Matt, unfortunately
2: you want
0: to say you
2: didn't
3: enjoy you can't enjoy that because was so awful and it brought people misery anyway uh as i was saying oh wait one side sorry i thought i heard someone walk by but um he was Green not man. as like creepy or silly as he he usually is he was just kind of serious and that really threw off my john Tra- Travolta vibe because he was just kind of taking his job seriously I, I don't like that i didn't like oh it.
0: see i kind of had the opposite feeling i've actually seen this movie a few times and i always just kind of like forget the john is the main villain and there's something about that man's face that i think like maybe because of the era that i Makes grew up in i just it's it, it's hard for me to take him seriously in a way that i feel like i shouldn't take howard saint seriously either so like every time he pops up i'm like oh right he's in this and i just kind of think it hits the right wavelength like, his face matches the vibes of the, like, overdone redux origin for the Punisher. Like, it just, like, to me, his face is the, sto- is like, the facial equivalent to the story decision of let's gather all the castles in Puerto Rico and have them get murdered. Except Frank, who gets pulled out of the water by a maybe witch doctor. Like, I don't even know how I can square that statement. But those two things give off the same energy to me. So it works. I kind of feel the same way. <laughs>
2: you <laughs> Where I have I just, no idea. What I, I to think say to that. John Travolta kind of like fits with everything else in this movie. And like, I can't look at him and not see, like, I, I can't look at him and not feel weird. Like, he just has this over exaggerated face all the time that just really doesn't help his case when trying to watch him attempt to be serious. So, like, to me, it always just comes off as like he kind of fits with everything else in this I, I movie. I don't like
1: him. I don't like his face. He, I, I just, there's nothing about anything he could have done that would have made me
3: like him in this movie. <laughs> Uh, I I love your irrationality of hating certain people, Jason. I love. I it.
1: I wish I could have a better opinion on that. Le- okay, well let me be let me be frank. All right. No, you're I not frank, you Jason. Frank Castle. I hate this. Sometimes I want to end it <laughs> all. Anyway, I hate you, J- I hate I you. I love Sean. you too, I Matt. You. I I I think John Travolta was fine as the villain. I think that the villain's motivations we're fine uh, you know it was everything about it was just like
3: okay and then it was john travolta which made it bad you know what i mean well that's my thing is that like usually you get some over-topness or cheesiness from him and you didn't get any of that he just played like a straightforward villain which is boring yeah and usually when you watch john travolta it's usually not boring it can be creepy it can be weird but it's usually not boring but this time it is
1: uh it makes me sad nothing about his performance really like brought me any any, any kind of feeling towards it so it was just kinda
3: neutral. For me, it was like a neutral thing and kinda sad because it wasn't silly as I wanted it to be. And for you, it was pure hatred because you just hate John Travolta.
1: But, you know, if I'm being objective and putting that, you know, my personal feelings aside, it's just neutral.
0: All right, well, what about, do you have any stronger feelings on Frank's neighbors? Because I think the neighbors are like, and his relationship with them is like kind of the high point of the movie. Yeah. I could fuck with the whole show that's just like Frank and his goofy neighbors. And my favorite is Spacker Dave.
3: Well, it's not even just that they're goofy. It's it's just that it's not unfounded. Their personalities aren't just silly. They are somewhat three-dimensional. And then you do you go to understand their community, why they stick together, why they stand up for each other, why they're friends, and ultimately why they connect to Frank Castle. And like basically show why eventually like their relationship gets to the point where I, I, actually, yeah, this, as, again, I'm skipping forward again, but it reaches That's to a point good. where it really tests their relationship, but they stick through it because they've grown pretty close. They grew to understand each other, especially, like, the guy... One, my favorite character is the guy with all the piercings and uh, Dave, mouth me rings. Too. He's really great, especially, like, his first introduction because they just show, showed him, like, telling people to die and of course it pans to a video game screen but the really funny part was he's in a freaking wheelchair that's like gamered out and then he hears something out the door and he just gets up like it's a, it's a twist you think he's a cri- he's a crippled man who just sits in his room all day playing video games but no he, he just fucking gets up like nothing uh it's great there's also the pasta man and uh the love interest
0: the man who's also like an opera singer bumpo <laughs> bumpo and
2: he's joan good at, he's good he's at good. lip singing
3: opera
0: <laughs> yeah i mean honestly the the neighbors were a
2: highlight i i think spacker is god that's a weird ass name but i love him uh because yeah i mean like matt said it's like they they kind of all fit together so well and i just i they're enjoyable to watch anytime they're on screen in my opinion. Every time that they're at, at they're all on screen in the movie, it's just great. A great fun yeah, time. Yeah. And
1: and I think it's... that to me the best part of them is that they're fun when they're on screen, but they're not like only there to be goofy. Like they're actually decent characters, you know, that actually have impact on the plot to some degree. They're not just like goofy comedic relief. Like they are they do have provide that. But it, but they also have a, like a fleshed out character behind them.
0: Yeah, you you feel like they're good people who have clearly been. You don't really know exactly what, but have clearly been through shit, and some of it can be tallied to appearance, especially with like Bumbo and Spacker Dave. They're clearly you can feel for them, even if it's not, even if they're not. Like they're side characters. It's not like they have some like tremendous arc, other than growing to really trust and care about Frank. But they they do feel like people. Like they have their own personalities, and they're not clones of each other either.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was gonna say. Was that what's so enjoyable about their interactions is that they they are very different, not in just physical appearance, but personality wise, and yet they get along so well. They felt like they've been they've known each other for many years to the point where they like they they uh they interact a lot. They have, uh, do they have dinners together? I forget.
0: Yeah, they have have dinners together. Um, and it's clear that they're like kind of a little found family for each other. And then when Frank Mm -hmm. comes in, it's that they have dinner with Frank because it's this attempt to open him up and let him join that little community. Even though he mm-hmm. doesn't want to, he wants to just be a man on a mission well, out for revenge and nothing else.
3: Well, yeah, like what I like about that was that it was after they heard about his story and they just give him his their condolences. But it's not like they just do that. They try to let him connect with other people, he tries to let them connect with them. And like, he goes out and no, he's, he's like basically, I, I forgot, I think it was basically they were like enticing him to come over by saying like the. Uh, basically okay i was gonna oh uh, this needs so much context so much context okay so basically how they first grew to like him was uh, i believe what was the girl's name joan joan joan's ex was like banging at her door and then i think it was bumbo who stood up stood up against him and then he was about to get stabbed by a freaking butterfly knife and of course frank castle comes up and saves him by just punching him in the face because the guy was too busy flashing his butterfly knife and by the way frank castle does it so much better than and not only does you know he help bumbo and joan but he sticks up for bumbo and Bumbo clearly st- states later that no one has ever stuck up to him before w- clearly it mattered a lot to him but it didn't matter a lot to frank castle but it was a very nice scene and then the scene after that uh Bumbo i think invites him a dinner by claiming that the boyfriend came back and that he was in joan's room but it ended up being like a dinner where they tried to connect with him and and go around saying what they appreciate it was a night really really nice scene of you know people trying to be nice to frank castle a guy who's lost everything it's nice to see like they are trying to like cheer him up without like pushing too far into like saying oh uh how, 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 how do they say this? It's kind of like they aren't pushing too directly to the problem. They're just trying to like find a, like a solution around it. Is that... I don't know what I'm talking about, but I, I do enjoy the fact that they tr- they tried to connect with him and try to give him uh somewhere to belong again. You know, you were on a roll. Even though for, they.
0: What? I, said, I was just say, you know, you're on a roll, so I don't want to cut you off, but I got to tell you, the character's name is
3: Bumpo with a P. Bumped O? Bumped O. B U M P O. <laughs> Bumpo. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> just replace all the times I re- said Bumbo with Bumpo. That ain't happening. Can you go back well, in the editing, please? Editor. Fix that. Well,
0: I, everything you're saying is. is is really important and I think is like central to the the best points of the movie and the heart of the movie because it ends up happening that because Frank basically just like publicly comes back to life which I think is an interesting strategic decision um st. Howard Saint really quickly finds out that Frank Castle's alive and sends a cat assassins to kill him the first of which is Harry Heck who shows up in a diner singing like he's Johnny Cash who I then I can't remember I'll, I'll look up who I'll look up who plays him because I actually found out that it's an actual country singer that plays Harry Heck. So Harry shows up in this diner, plays Frank a song, and then leads him on a chase before they crash their cars. And he pulls he pulls a gun, Frank pulls a knife, and they do a play on the classic don't bring a knife to a gunfight where he says that to Frank, but Frank shoots the knife. It's like a ballistic knife and it shoots out into Harry's he- Heck's neck and kills him. Which is a pretty cool kill, though that interaction fit really anticlimactic when you're gonna have, like, this guy come in and, like, sing a ballad, only to then die really quickly.
1: Yeah, I agree. I thought it was a- it, it was cool, but also lame. Like, it, it was a cool death- it, it was a cool kill, and it was a cool build-up, but it, it was mismatched in the sense that the build-up called for a more
3: dramatic kill you know what i mean
0: mark well, coley is harry hack sorry i just wanted to get that in
3: gotcha well I'll, well it kind of goes to what we were talking about before where they were cutting the budget by half where like this si- seemingly side villain that was that would have some kind of uh th- you know some kind of threat that's that will serve as some kind of threat to frank castle just kind of shows up in his introduction scene in which he's singing a song pretty menacing song and says he'll be sitting that in his uh sitting guy in his funeral just to just crash his car and a short uh car scene later he just gets shot in the neck with a knife which again as i said before it's pretty cool but it just seems like this couldn't afford <laughs> a longer fight or like a, a gunfight or with more explosions or with anything of the sort it does feel pretty low budget but at least there are some good things about it that keep it entertaining like it's not like they didn't put no scratches on the cars no the cars do, do get flipped they do get crushed, so that was nice at least.
2: I actually like the creativity behind like having this as like the first assassin we kind of see, and I didn't know what was happening at all when the guy first walked in and played a song for <laughs> for Frank, and I was like, what the fuck is this? But I just think it goes to show that there is some creativity behind a lot of what they've done in this movie, and it, it's a small thing that I appreciate, and I, I think once we get to the Russian, I love that that scene so much more but like i I still think it shows that they had some like genuinely creative ideas that i think were fun despite the fact that yeah it does end a little anticlimactically but i think it was still fun to see
0: the fight with the russian which again i guess we might as well just get to now because the second assassin that comes after frank is we're not forgetting the character's name he's simply just known as the russian he's this like behemoth of a man uh played by kevin nash in this movie who shows up at the apartment building and nearly beats frank to death in his own apartment until Frank basically tussles him fights. It's kind of going back and forth until it crashes through into, um, Jones apartment where Bumpo has been cleaning up post dinner and singing along with this opera. And it's been super cranked up loud. So they didn't hear any of this going on. Frank crashes through, grabs a pot of boiling water and throws it in the Russians face before knocking him downstairs and eventually killing him. And, for me, this is the peak of the movie. It's a tremendous fight. It's so entertaining. Uh, the Russian... Kevin Nash, he's really only in this scene, but he's, he's great as the Russian. Just so intimidating. Uh, it's just a super well choreographed and executed fight scene.
1: Yeah, everything that Jake said, I agree with. It definitely, I think, is, is one of the peak moments of the movie it's it's fun it's exciting and another thing that I that I took note of and in, in the back of my mind as I watched it is that what I like about it the, the whole movie is that like Frank doesn't feel invincible, like, it doesn't feel, like, because he's the lead, he's, you know, taking less of a beating than anyone else in this movie, like, especially in this fight scene, but as well as in earlier parts, but particularly in this fight scene, like, he gets roughed up quite a bit, and it, it, you know, it doesn't feel like plot armor is on him, so to speak, you know, he, he takes his fair share of hits as he gives them out.
2: I'd also like to add a fun fact about that scene with the Russian. Apparently, Nash, when uh, he gets stabbed by the knife in his, like... I guess it's... It was, like, in his neck clavicle area. Apparently, that was real. That happened. What? He got stabbed. He, he got stabbed, and he acted out the entire thing. So what you see in the movie when he gets stabbed is real. He... What apparently had happened was they didn't switch out the knife when they were doing the whole uh, scene. So jane stabbed him (laughs) with a dull blade (laughs) by accident that's apparently afterwards to make up for it the crew bought him lunch Wow, just you got to buy stabbed and you
0: got lunch. Kevin Nash is different.
3: <laughs> that sucks. That makes me love him even more. Yeah, that makes that he scene really even
1: cooler because the fact that he just, like, hulked that out and went with it after getting legitimately stabbed on set. Like, shout out. I gotta go watch that scene again now.
2: This movie has so much, like, behind-the-scenes interesting stuff.
1: <laughs> it's really weird. But the, the scene was, was really good, and I also, like like, it worked it used the props of like the area that they were in really well like they grabbed the butterfly knife. There was part like of the apartment that were used. Obviously, he used the you know pot of water to to uh, you know to to hurt the Russian and ultimately win the fight. So like you know it it doesn't just feel like they're fighting and happen to be in the apartment building. Like the apartment is used to the the fight scene, and I think that's
3: to its credit. Yeah. Well, I I really like it because of all of like the the. Basically, the way it was choreographed was really, really nice because it was so scrappy because there was no way Frank was going to beat him in hand-to-hand combat. So he was just using anything he could get his hands on. And, uh, And the Russian just didn't give a shit of anything that he threw at him. Like, uh, he first, he tried punching him, that didn't work, and then he tried using a crowbar, that didn't work, and then he took out a grenade from under the freaking sink and throws it out, and then the Russian, being the Chad that he is, just baseball bats it back to Frank, who has to take cover in a freaking bathtub. Just to, just, not, just to not get obliterated by the blast yeah and, that, and that's oh, what it's, i mean it's so it's many like, creative ways like it's so creative like that it
1: feels active in the space that they're in because mm-hmm. you know you have frank going to the weapons that he has stored and knowing where they are and the russian not having that advantage and then having to you know spin it around and and figure out you know like throw the grenade back at him you know and yeah. do his his
3: thing with it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. And my favorite part was Frank just has weapons everywhere. And my favorite part was when after he was thrown through a wall. Yes, he gets thrown through a wall by the Russian. He like crawls to a cabinet and just hits it with the side of his fist. And then out comes a gun. He tries to shoot the uh, shoot the Russian. Oh, that's so great! It's just he he has weapons everywhere. You never know where he hits or he hides something, where he stashes something.
0: What ends up happening to bring it kind of back to because I think this ties together well with the fight happening around the the neighbors and that that kind of bomb that creates of Frank protecting them. They end up returning the favor. Because of the fact that Frank so publicly came back from the dead, they the Howard snake knows exactly where to send people. So after the Russians defeated, he sends people to the apartment building and they hide Frank in this like secret elevator. But as the men arrive to find Frank, they end up torturing Spacker Dave by, like, ripping his piercings out from his, like, eyebrows, ears, lips, um, with pliers. But no one actually ever gives up Frank, and they they do leave one person behind, which Frank then very promptly kills with, like, a paper cutter after they leave. So, following this, Frank's plan really gets enacted. He, with Mickey's help, poses as an anonymous blackmailer arranging for... Howard's best friend Quentin Glass to be at certain places at the same time as his wife Livia's car, uh, Howard's wife Livia's car and ultimately plants ear- her earrings in Glass's bed to make Howard think that his wife's been having an affair with his best friend but when he finds the earrings he confronts Glass who tries to tell him that he was gay that he's actually gay but Howard doesn't listen and stabs him to death and then when confronting Livia she does the same thing and he doesn't believe her and ends up throwing her off of an overpass onto a railroad track where she gets run over by a train. So I like Frank's plan a lot because it feels fittingly petty and merciless to not just go after for revenge, to not just go after howard but to ruin his life beforehand by making him kill the woman he loves and his best friend i do think it's a little bit dumb and kind of out of character for frank to publicly return in that it would have been a lot easier to enact his plan while being publicly dead so howard could not find him and it also just feels like jumping forward you eventually find out that frank's initial plan is to get his revenge and then kill himself so it just feels weird that he like even bothered to show up at like a police is like a police press conference that he returns at but that said as a whole I like that it's a little bit more than just a simple let's kill the guy
1: yeah i agree with everything you said i do think it was weird he publicly came back i feel like the whole time he just wants to lay low and be you know a guy on his mission but he also publicly comes back and that just seems weird and like you said, out of character, but I also, his whole plan is, it, it's fitting because I think it, it feels like, you know, he wants to not only kill the guy, but, you know, finish the job, you know, do the full thing that he did to him, and take away everything before he kills him, and I, and I think that that's, in terms of a, a,
3: the plot of a film, that's, uh, it's, it's entertaining to watch it unfold. Well, it's basically karma, right? Didn't he have, like, line about karma? How he doesn't believe it exists or something? I forget. I don't know. I don't remember. I right. don't know either. It's maybe. But anyway, it is karma, where he literally tries to get revenge by destroying everything. Okay, so, basically, the gangster tries to get revenge on in Castle because he destroyed his son. Or killed his son. <laughs> <laughs> his son didn't word that the best. He destroyed um, his son. Definitely poor choice of words. But, uh um, but uh it's it's fitting that he that the gangster destroys his entire family and everything that he loves and then frank in turn does the exact same thing to him in more poetic fashion that is and it's much much more entertaining that way
1: and i felt like it was fitting to the narcissism of of howard you know what i mean like i I felt like he went with a plan that would you know he hit him where he knew he would be be sensitive and where it would work and where you you know what i mean i don't know if if that makes sense it definitely does okay good
0: after that um the movie kind of hits its climax with castle assaulting howard's uh nightclub and killing every member of his mob in which i'll just say is a really really strong action scene with a lot of fun you know not super creative but enjoyable kills uh including killing howard's remaining son john Saint escapes the building but is is wounded and Castle pursues him before shooting him in a duel. As Howard lies dying, Castle reveals his schemes and that Saint killed his wife and best friend for no reason. He then ties Howard to a car and sends it dragging him throughout the club's parking lot which is rigged with explosives. Saint perishes in the ensuing explosion of flaming cars that... that form a flaming Punisher skull, the logo that he has now adopted based on the shirt that his dead son purchased for him at that tragic family reunion in Puerto Rico. That tidbit's a little weird to me, but I fucking love the theatricality of leaving behind the flaming Punisher skull, and it just feels like an extra layer to the revenge. But yeah, I really enjoy the final, like, set piece, and while it's a little underwhelming how easy Howard is to kill, I guess it makes sense, and I do like how much howard has to suffer
1: yeah but but i also like the way he just goes through the whole building you know what i mean like the way he sends the champagne down and just blows motherfuckers up and then cleans out what's left you know what i mean like efficient it's, it, it's quite like he it, he has a clear system he's like i don't want to waste my time i'm just gonna blow them all up and then whatever's mm-hmm. left clear that out get in and get out and then it's also he's merciless and cruel but efficient exactly and then the the final kill like it it is you know anticlimactic in in some way like you said that it was so easy for him to to get howard but also like the way he gets him is pretty good like, sending him through on that car, catching him on fire while everything's exploding. Like, that that was a pretty baller way to to take him out. I think the way that he dies makes
2: it, is like, brutal enough that I'm like, ooh, this, this is good. I, this is a good yeah, one. Yeah,
1: because
3: I remember that more than I remember it underwhelming me. Yeah, it was super entertaining just to see. Because I, I thought the explosions were supposed to take him out, but then, no, it was just a parade of explosions and as he went along the drive, uh the parking garage there was just more car explosions and and then the final one was the one that was able to catch him on fire he doesn't die from the explosion he dies from catching on fire he just, he just hear the like, it just you know the John Travolta screaming
1: it almost feels like Frank's victory lap like he's like I got you no I'm not mm-hmm. even gonna kill you yet I'm gonna make you like go oh, through no. this and took- and suffer and watch everything just explode around you
3: and celebrate around you i mean he already took several laps around him at that point because during their first draw during their draw he will <laughs> what was- wait what was the gangster's name again what was his name uh, i'm just gonna call him john, Tra- john travolta well john travolta and-, and frank castle were going we're having a draw before before their draw, he was like out, oh, Frank Castle was just like, This is for revenge of my for my family. And then Sean Travolta tries to reciprocate that and say, You killed my son. And then you just hear a scream in the background and an explosion, and Frank Castle goes, Sons. Oh yeah. yeah. Because in the
1: beforehand That part was so that was, awesome. funny. that was an awesome line.
3: Because in during that initial champagne explosion, a pillar fell on top of his son's arm. And then Frank Castle just went up to him and like, you look pretty strong. And so he gives him a freaking bomb with the detonator and ties it to a wire on the ceiling. And so he can't lower his arm. Otherwise, he'll blow the fuck up, which eventually happens in very, very fitting fashion. And then we got that badass line from Frank Castle later on. So this, this is a very fitting finale. It wasn't like as showboaty as originally thought because as we have stated, like a lot of the fights before with the exception of the Russian fight felt pretty reserved but it was very fitting it was not like oh over the top it was a satisfying finale and i liked
0: it i agree you know we also you talk about like the great lines and i think the delivered role from thomas jane so i just kind of give him him some flowers and that like obviously we were we were kind of mixed on john Travolta's performance in this movie and we all praised kevin nash but as a whole i think i think a lot of people just kind of do their job here and that sounds like it could be an insult, but I mean it in a complimentary way of, like, all of the actors that play the neighbors and then Thomas Jane as frank they they show up they put in good work and it's it's nothing like exceptional or revolutionary but i just i don't none of them feel no
1: i i out
0: of place or phoning it in it's just it's just solid performances and thomas jane i feel like definitely likes playing frank
1: i i agree Mm -hmm. they like everyone fits their role well and thomas jane like he first of all like i know he does a lot of voice acting i think and like you can tell because his like his voice fits punisher like so well like it's such a good like gritty comic book you know anti-hero kind of voice that he has going on and and so yeah i I think props to him i think he did a swell job Mm -hmm.
3: well it wasn't that much of a surprise to me that thomas jane was pretty good actually a lot of actors were pretty good well like of course, we talked about before, like Jake said, uh, there were kind of split on John Travolta, but his, perfor- John, even John Travolta's performance wasn't awful. It was okay. And the, the, the range of like uh, betrayals in this movie range from okay to pretty good. And Thomas James Punisher is definitely up there. And, yeah, yeah, like, he's a pretty good actor. Like, I really liked him in... I think he was in The Mist, right? He was the main character in The Mist? Yes. Yes, he he was. I really liked him in that movie. He was really great there. And, actually, that's going to be my recommendation. If... For those who haven't seen the mist you should go watch it but please watch the black and white version because that's how the uh, director envisioned it to be shown in theaters so please watch it in black and white plus it is better in black and white because uh if you watch like the cgi effects in that movie it's kind of obvious that it wasn't supposed to be in full color but that's it back to the punisher
2: if there's any punisher that i remember more than anything anybody else it's john bernthal so like to go backwards to see thomas jane as the punisher i actually see why a lot of people i know there are some people who prefer him over john bernthal but i could see why people really like him as like the punisher because he's not bad and like you guys have said nobody's really that like I, I, there's nobody i can really pinpoint as like being bad in this movie everybody does a fine job if anything there are a couple good good eggs who stand out in this too and i just think all of them all of the everything actor in this actually does
1: a pretty good job i tend to agree also real quick shout out john bernthal he's tremendous
0: he's tremendous he seems like a good guy um from what i can tell yes and he is terrific as punisher
1: in in terms of just i haven't seen him as punisher but just as an actor seems great seems like a great dude and terrific actor
0: small engine repair
2: he's excellent incredible incredible film also i know this is this is kind of a, a little bit of a side but also an added thing um i do know that at the very release from the uh uh the little short that came out of this movie not officially anyways that also had thomas jane as the punisher which was i believe called dirty laundry or something along uh, those yes, lines i
0: was just about to say that i just found out about that like while we were recording
2: yeah i found out about that too when i watched it apparently john bernthal based a lot of how he did the punisher on that short <laughs> Which is also interesting. So, like, hats off to Thomas Jane, I guess, for starting, for giving us a good a good role model.
0: Yeah, I actually, I I plan to watch it as soon as we we're done recording because it's like ten minutes. I'm interested in it. Um, because I actually there's there's an animated short that came with the extended cut Blu-ray of this that I I couldn't find a good way to watch it online. Just somebody recording their TV, but I actually watched it before the movie. It's like a couple minutes and it's basically animated. Um, storyboards of what happened between Frank and his friend overseas before his friend would then portray him in this movie and sell him out to Howard Saint, sell his family out. So I had watched that, and it's kind of neat. It adds a little bit of fun context to... To frank that you don't really see in the movie of his military career and what happened to him there and some things that were alluded to in conversations between those two characters but yeah i'm i definitely want to check out this kind of follow-up short they released
1: yeah i i, I started to watch it but i didn't finish it because i saw I, I saw it on imdb and i and i was i was interested in it but i didn't finish it because i just didn't
3: well i didn't even know it existed so i'm gonna watch it after sometime after this podcast
2: i'd recommend it i saw it at the very least from what i understand it's not like an actual what is it it's from something called the bootleg universe i adi shankar that's that's what it was it's from a lot of i I remember he used to do a lot of uh youtube stuff back in the day where he did like the um there was a power Rangers short that he made that was uh, very adult oriented uh he also produced the castlevania show for those who uh know that so and also also as a fun fact ron perlman is also in the uh punisher dirty laundry short as well so lots of interesting
0: things i think thomas jane's best scene acting wise in this movie is actually is towards the end when he the movie resolves itself after this this action with frank going home and he's gonna shoot himself uh, alone in his apartment but it Ends up seeing a vision of his wife and changing his mind, deciding to continue to live and to continue to fight crime and to be judge, jury, and executioner. He leaves uh, a lot of Howard Saint's money as a farewell gift to the tenants to protect them. And I don't know if I'm reading into this, but I felt like he was being a little bit based, maybe giving them some money to purchase or renovate the building. Fuck landlords. Renovate um, the decrepit building. So he... Is then last seen standing alone on this uh, Sunshine Skyway Bridge, according to this synopsis, which I've never heard of, at sunset. And then a voiceover he vows to kill all killers rapists psychopaths sadists and anyone who chooses to harm an innocent person and his new identity as the punisher so i i think the the re- his scene when he's crying about to kill himself and then decides not to i think it's pretty well performed by thomas jane and as a whole like like the resolution of the movie where he's ultimately decides to keep doing what he does because that's i mean that's essentially the character this eternal war that he's in and he's, in the end, the Punisher's not someone to, like, admire. Like, the Punisher's, like, a bad dude. Even if there's things you like about him, he's, he's kind of your worst impulses. And I do think the resolution of the movie kind of captures that.
3: Well, he's an extremist. While his uh, motives are understandable, it's definitely a path that you do not want to walk.
2: Yeah, I think, if anything, I I like the way that it ends. Again, like we've all said, it's kind of, like, they do, I think, a decent job of making it seem like he's a character who you're not supposed to, like... Love, you're supposed to understand why he is what he is, but you still, every time I hear Matt's cat meow, uh... Can can we have the cat
3: on as a guest in the podcast please? Yeah, she could be the occasional guest in the background that constantly annoys me. Huh? What do you but want? Yeah, Sean, what do you
1: want? I agree with you that like they 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 show him in a way that he's he's an empathetic character, but he's not like he, you don't root for him, but you still, you know, can care about him in some way.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think as a whole the movie it's a really simple movie and that could be a strong point or a weak point for you. It doesn't try to say anything, like, super... It, d- it doesn't go as, like, politically charged as you maybe inherently can see the Punisher being, and as much as done in the TV show as well as the other Punisher movie, Punisher Warzone, that we'll get to, but I think it's... It goes for the really simple just violence against violence, vengeance is bad thing with it all starting because Howard wants violence, wants revenge, and so then Frank wants the same and it escalates. But as a whole, I mean, while it doesn't reinvent the wheel in any way... I think it's like a pretty solid revenge movie. I'm I'm just going to slide into my overall thoughts because they're nothing really crazy. I feel like as a whole, I've been pretty vague about the movie or like kind of like saying basic comments on the movie. And that's because it's it's nothing exceptional, but I like it. There's it's it's not like beautiful to look at. It's it's nothing like visually memorable, but the performances are all solid. The action is solid. It fulfills what I the base wants of a Punisher movie frank feels largely in character and it goes on a revenge tour and that's that's like the base of the punisher so well it's it's not necessarily anything to write home about if you're into just like a revenge action flick it's gonna check the boxes you want even if it's not something revolutionary like a john wick not everything can be so yeah i mean i least favorite part of the movie probably just that it's kind of unremarkable visually it's a little flat best part of the movie i for me it's just the simplicity It doesn't overdo itself and it doesn't overstay its welcome. So I I enjoy it. If it's, if this is your type of thing, I I can't see why you wouldn't like it. It actually has like an got like awful reviews which kind of surprises me because it's inoffensive it's just an action movie so if you like that yeah. sort of thing
3: it's good for those who aren't looking up on google right now it has the 33 on rotten tomatoes which is really low for a movie like this because as jake said before it's not really offensive anyway it's not is not really boring sure it could they could have done more but you know going to behind the scenes you understand why and seeing what they were working with it still turned out to be a decent film like i was, i enjoyed it myself there were things to take out of this film that i'll probably remember especially that finale like given that budget that finale was still pretty good so yeah it was still pretty good well i guess i guess now that i've cut in i might as well give my opinion as well uh, yeah, I can recommend this film. It's it's okay. It's not gonna blow you away or anything, but there are a few good scenes and good lines here and there, and there are no bad performances. And if anything, just watch it for the Russian scene, which is my favorite scene. As for what I dislike, um, it's kind of hard because this movie is very simplistic, and so everything kind of melded together decently because they didn't strafe too far from the plot. Uh, I, I guess like. The, the the thing I disliked the most was the first assassin because he was kind of underwhelming for a lot of build up and a lot of character but again like it's not like I can fault anyone for that seeing the budget for this film and then the, they did make it up with the second assassin so yeah those are my thoughts.
1: Yeah I mean I like this movie I think the the best part is is definitely the the action particularly with the russian but even aside from that there's a few creative things like i think them you know having the the scene with uh what's his name dave tearing his his uh piercings out of his face i thought that was very creative like and I, and I think, you know, th- there there were, you know, some creative moments throughout, uh, but particularly, like we've all said, the, the Russian, f- and, and overall, I just think the movies, you know, it, it's a solid action movie. If, if you just want something fun and dumb to watch, it's good for that. You know, if you, maybe you want to go to sleep and you want something to put on to watch and maybe doze off throughout, it, it, put this on, it, it'll be that for you you know, I recommend it in that sense. My least favorite part, though, I will say, since I didn't get to that part, not even just because I dislike John Travolta, I just think genuinely he doesn't bring that much to the table as the villain, and doesn't, while I don't dislike the villain as a character in the movie, it just, I don't think he plays it in a way that compels me in any way to to be entertained he's the only actor i feel i can say that about in this movie i think everyone else did fine
2: i think it's in the end like this movie is i'm i went into this expecting it to be the worst thing i had ever seen and it was not (laughs) so it like exceeded my expectations throughout every facet of this movie's existence so like i give it a huge positive for that and in the end like my favorite part about it, I think we've already mentioned. The, I think my favorite part is the the Russian fight scene. That was particularly fun and unexpected. And then learning the after afterwards about <laughs> Kevin Nash got stabbed and how, like, there's just a bunch of other small things about this movie that are just so interesting that, like, overall, I I think it it just entertained me. My least favorite thing is, it's really hard to pin it down just because, like, there isn't really anything that stands out as, like, really big and really bad about this movie. I think, if anything, it's just that, like, it's generic. That's probably my least favorite part is it's it's just a generic action flick, which is fine. It's not bad. It's not, like, a bad thing. It's just, it's... I guess in, in that regard, there isn't really anything that's really that bad, and that being my least favorite thing really goes towards, I guess, the movie's credit. Yeah, I'd, I'd recommend it. i definitely recommend it. I think it's a good good lighthearted uh not lighthearted I guess but a good just general action movie there's nothing really that bad and I'm kind of surprised looking back at like the critic scores of this and seeing like how bad it was taken I'm just so curious as to see the like why that is if just like the general how critics felt about things back in the day probably lended itself to be more critical towards things like this when they really aren't trying to be something loftier than what they're trying to be, which is, in this case, just a general action movie. So I'm I'm kind of curious
3: as to why that is, but I we may never know. Who knows? Well, it could be maybe due to the fact that uh, they weren't really given context as to why certain scenes look low-budget, because they are. Well, it's, do you think it's because we were more forgiving toward the movie because we read some of the background and behind the scenes of the movie and we know that they were working with very little do you think that's why we you know forgive it more for its faults and it's because i I don't so i don't because you go first
2: i was gonna say i don't think so because i didn't go into this movie knowing any of the stuff that i've said during this i went into this movie fairly blind and i enjoyed it when i watched it the first time so like honestly i I think, if anything, that did make me appreciate it a little more in in certain contexts. But, like, otherwise, I still found the movie enjoyable without that information.
0: If I can Mm -hmm. add add to some speculation as to why we feel more favorably about this, is I think there's a good chance that when this came out at the time, it's not necessarily being viewed through the lens of, a comic book movie it's being viewed through the revenge the lens of revenge flicks of action films and i'm not like super well versed in stuff that was coming out in 2004 2003 i'm not going to act like i am but i think when you look through it that way it's just so unremarkable versus this goes for several movies we've covered i look at a lot of these things more favorably just because in the context of what we're getting today in comic book movies they feel refreshingly different well, this movie doesn't seem to have really high ambitions. It 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 avoids also a lot of the pitfalls that you see in comic book movies in you know as of recording this 2022, 2023, and so on, and that kind of time frame. And I still enjoy several of the things that have come out in recent years but it's kind of a nice change of pace to just see something simple like this. But at the time, I don't know if you're feeling that way because at the and it's nice that it's this isolated thing and it's nice that it's simple and it doesn't have to connect to 70 things. But you don't really have that lens in 2004. In 2004, this is not being compared to other comic book movies. It's being compared to other action movies and it may not hold up as well with what else was coming out around it
3: yeah i could definitely get behind that because it's nice to watch a movie in which the uh if they don't stop this certain villain that won't exist past this this movie the world will end or the universe will end
1: yeah i get what you're saying jake because like i there's definitely like other
3: action movies of this
1: era that are way more highly regarded than this but and like compared to those it's not anything that stands out but when we, you you see kind of the same genre of comic book movies all the time it's refreshing to see something that's like more its own genre while still being inspired by the comic book
0: okay obviously this is one example but kill Bill came out in 2004 you want to talk about action revenge movies and you can compare this to kill Bill yeah you know kill Bill clears obviously so when you're when when when, when your competition is more in line with that then um you know what we talked about before that's just sorry I just I just looked up an example and to me that's just like quintessential perfect is like if you're seeing a movie that summer I mean yeah
2: it does make sense when you look at it through that lens but it's still like, I don't- I- I get it when you compare it to movies like that, but I still think to some degree it's a little harsh, and when I look back at certain movies, I do think- I don't know if this is just a general thing that I've seen, and I have no data to back this up at all, but I do feel like looking back, critics tend to to, to be a little harsher on films back then, because just- there are some movies that I can think of, especially during this watch too, where I- I know to some degree I'm looking at it with a lens of, like, I've seen movies- especially comic book movies up until now but it is just i, I look back at certain movies and to see that like wow they were treated fairly horribly like to see like certain movies that got critically panned back in the day that now have a bit of a renaissance it's just interesting to see it especially where we're, when we're in a time period where we can actively view that it's just it's intriguing to see which movies kind of fall in into that sort of category and i feel like this is one that people that not like it, it's gonna change and become like a masterpiece it, i just i think it's something that maybe people need to come back to a little bit and not see as like it's not inherently garbage
1: yeah well it's all based off your you know your reference point like our reference point is coming off of like the movies we saw and like the the marvel movies and comparing them comparing it to that versus like in 2004 when the mcu hadn't been established yet there You know, the viewer's reference point was other action movies, like for the example that Jake said, Kill Bill. It's all just it's all
3: just a matter of, you know, what you're comparing it to, really. You mean a matter of perspective? Yes. There we go. But it does make sense because as we said before, we grew up with Marvel movies and those have become very formulaic as the years have gone by, it doesn't mean that there are some great movies in the cinematic universe, there are, but eh, it makes for more like, mediocre to decent movies than some outstanding ones but it also means that there's no bad ones but because of that you don't really get like too many shakeups and so movies like Punisher are a little refreshing because of just how small scale they are because it's a very condensed story even though this condensed story does feature a lot of murder and a lot lot of explosions at the finale it's still very condensed down it only takes place in Tampa and it's not like oh if he doesn't beat Saints or Trovolta or whatever his name is uh it doesn't if he doesn't beat him then the entire tampa bay blows up or oh my goodness the state of florida is gonna turn into ash no it's just he's just beating this beating this gangster because he killed his family and that's it it's just that straight. F- i wish the state of florida would turn into ash right now oh we all do we all do but we can't we can't wish for those kind of things because they won't come true at least for now At least for now. Holding hope for the future. Holding
0: hope for the future. I figured we would want to leave listeners with the wonderful image of Florida's incineration and say... The, you know our thank yous the the traditional alo vfx for the artwork the follow me on letterbox jake walter
1: 98 jason shit i made the intro outro music for this podcast i make music the upsides is my soundcloud the upsides pa is uh the instagram the underscore upsides pa is the my twitter you can follow me all, all there to see see what i got going on there'll be things on there coming
0: please follow Cultural illiterate on spotify and or apple podcasts please subscribe to us on youtube Cultural illiterate podcast reach out to us at G- on email it's culturally illiterate pod at gmail.com you can give us any questions or comments you can also reach out to us on twitter and instagram the apps for both are illiterate underscore pod and uh, listen again in a couple weeks when we swing back into the Raimi trilogy with Spider Man 2. Boo.
2: Boo.